You know, it really is a good thing for us to look back and see all that God has done. In fact, the Bible tells us that remembering is a spiritual discipline. So as we look back over the last two years, there are things to celebrate, no doubt. There are also things to grieve and be grateful that we are hopefully behind us. But through it all, to see God's faithful hand and to worship Him as we've been doing and will continue to do. And it's also good not just to look back, but to pause and take stock of where we are right now. To ask the question, how are we doing in this moment? To get a sense of uh, how the church is. Now, there's a lot of studies being done about the church in the post-COVID world. Lots of data flowing around about the impact of the last two years on the church in America and in the world. And quite frankly, some of the information and some of that data is concerning. But we're not asking about how the church is doing in the world. We're asking, how are we doing? How's Chapel Street Church doing in this moment? Are we a healthy church? And if so, how do we know that we're healthy? What do we look at to get a sense of that? Well, historically, pastors and church leaders have looked at only two things, really, attendance and giving. Uh, People showing up and people giving generously. And while those are important things to count, they're certainly not the only things that count in understanding where we are in terms of, are we a healthy church? So I want to lead us through uh, looking at three categories of us as a church. How are we doing and how healthy are we financially, because that matters, it's a key metric, organizationally, and spiritually or missionally, people living on mission for God. So first, financially. How are we doing financially? Let me begin by saying, over the last two years, we have seen record levels of generosity at Chapel Street Church, more giving, more money coming in and going out than ever before in our history. In fact, inside of this little circle here that you see on the screen is money given in over the last two years. And these four little icons on the outside, this is money given out over the last two years. Without going into too much detail, we have given away over $2 million to the work of God outside of our walls over the last two years. I just want to pause and say, praise God for his provision, for the way he has blessed us to bless others. And thank you to all of you who've been generous to that vision and mission over the last two years and long before that. We've also seen one of the key numbers here is number of new givers. This is one of the key indicators of a healthy church. More new people connecting and deciding to contribute financially to the work of God in the local church. We've seen record numbers of new givers. And this last number here, $120,000 through neighborhood church generosity, because you as a church family were more generous in December than we anticipated, far more generous, we decided to be more generous than we had planned outside of our walls. And so we gave away an additional $120,000 just this year to local churches because we care about the work of God, not just here, but in other churches as well. It's been so much fun to bless those pastors who weren't even asking for it and to say, we believe in you, we pray for you, we want to bless you. So to those of you who give faithfully to the mission here, again, thank you. Your giving honors God and it's making a difference. To those of you who haven't taken that step yet, perhaps you've connected online or in person, but you haven't given yet generously uh, or, or at all, let me just talk to you about growing in generosity by drawing a little staircase here. You know, we're all in process in every area of our lives. And when it comes to generosity, we're all growing in in process as well. For some of you, you've never given before. So maybe for you, it's just the first step. Make a gift. Take a first gift of giving of what God has blessed you with to the local church, giving back to God of all that he's given you. 
And then some of you, you give, but you only give when it occurs to you. And so maybe the next step for you is to become consistent in your giving, rather than just when you think about it, to set aside a consistent pattern of giving. And then for those of you that are consistent, the next step would be how much? Proportional. To make a prayerful decision about how much of your resources that God has blessed you with, you will give away. Proportional giving. And the last step, and I think this is where God wants us all to get to in his time, where he's, he's working on all of our hearts, is to become joyful and extravagant givers. Those who are excited about and think and pray about, how can I give more to what God is doing? This doesn't just mean the local church. It means to God's work in the world. So for all of us, I think it's worth us looking at this and thinking, where am I? Where's my family? And what's the next step that we could take? Well, there's more that we could say there, but it's exciting to see that we're doing well financially and we're praising God and thanking all of you. Next, organizationally. Now, the church is not an organization. It's not a business institution. But it is made up of people who are organized. The church, of course, is a spiritual body of which Jesus Christ himself is the head. But it is human beings organizing together to accomplish his mission. And of course, he is the most important part of any faithful church. And all of you, as members of his body, are key to that mission. But I want to speak to you about two subsets, our staff and our church board. Our staff, our 67 staff members, full and part-time staff, I cannot tell you how grateful I am for these individuals. Over the past two years, our staff have faithfully labored to find new ways to do ministry and meet needs. They've innovated. They've stayed the course. They've labored in prayer. And I just, if you know a staff member, tell them how much you appreciate them because I know that I certainly do. I am so, so grateful for our staff. While many churches over the last two years have had to cut staff or put a freeze on hiring, by God's grace, we've added 23 new staff members with a net gain of four staff And it's exciting to see these new staff come on board and bring their gifts and talents to bear on what God is doing here. Over on the right is our executive team. The four of us are the subset of the staff that lead the other staff members and departments. Of course, you know me, Pastor John Bechtel, our executive pastor over ministries, Abe Doncel, executive director of operations, and Jen Gomel, the head of HR, our human resources. The four of us meet weekly to pray and help bring leadership and clarity to our staff as they seek to lead and to bless all of you. Next, let me talk to you about our church board, our executive council. I really don't know how to communicate to you how thankful I am for these men and women. They're not staff members. They give of their time and energy uh, in ways that I'm so profoundly grateful for. Over the last two years, their faithfulness in prayer, their wisdom in leadership, their support and encouragement and challenging of me has been invaluable. Many times we've had emergency Zoom calls to decide how are we going to respond to this crisis or to this new issue that's come up in the culture. I lean on them more than they know. They are, frankly, my bosses. Well, Jesus is my boss, but he's using these men and women to lead me as I seek to lead Chapel Street Church with all of our staff. So to our executive council, I am so thankful to God for these men and women. They are uh, appointed and elected by our church membership to serve, and they serve so beautifully and so well. So if you know an executive council member, or even if you don't, I want you to see their names and faces so that you could know them and thank them as well. There's more to say about our organization, but we're doing well organizationally. Last, and perhaps most important, I'm going to speak to you about how we're doing spiritually or missionally. Meaning, how are we doing in terms of accomplishing the mission God has given us? We could spend 
hours telling stories about people experiencing grace, growing in faith, and making an impact. But I want to look at a few data points which highlight many of those stories and give you a, a, a picture of how we're doing. Over the last two years, 257 people have gone through Rooted. That's our 10-week course about the mission and life of God. And if you've never been through Rooted and you're looking for the next step, let me encourage you, get involved in a Rooted class. Keep in mind, 257 people during a time when we couldn't even meet in person, many of them met via Zoom class for a while. And that number continues to grow. 165 people taking the step of baptism to publicly declare that they belong to Jesus. One of the key indications of how we're doing spiritually. We launched a campus in North Aurora during a pandemic. We launched a fo our fourth campus during a global pandemic. I had pastor friends who said, are you sure that's the right time? That's kind of amazing. And it is amazing. By God's grace, that campus is flourishing. New people coming every week, and they're doing well. And then our online services and new connections. We've seen 3,000 people, new, con new connections over the last two years. Much of that has to do with our online services. Prior to COVID, we'd never streamed any services at all. And now we see God using that in profound ways. In fact, I regularly talk to people who are shut in or can't get out for health reasons who say thank you for the online services. It's our lifeline and our connection to what God is doing in Chapel Street Church. Please don't stop those services. So to those of you who are watching asking that question, don't worry, we're not stopping. Online services are not a, a replacement of being in person if you're able to come but they are a great supplement uh, to in-person ministry, and we see God using that in powerful ways. Of course, there's more that we could say, and every one of these numbers represent lives that matter to God, but we see God working in us missionally as well. Let me just talk to you about how our congregation is doing, how I sense we're doing as a whole. And I want to talk to you about this by drawing four buckets. I'm a visual learner. Maybe this will help you as well. The first bucket is those that I would say are more engaged. Over the past two years, COVID has caused them to lean into Jesus more, to be more connected in community, in Christian community, to dig into his word more, to be more on mission in their lives and connected with the work of the church. And that's many of you, and praise God for you. Keep at it. The next bucket are those that, over the last two years, have become less engaged. You're not disengaged. You're just not as engaged. Maybe there's been some distraction, some disappointment, some loss, some, you've gotten out of the habit and you've just drifted a bit. And we see that happening as well. The fourth bucket are those who are, well, quite frankly, they're just not here anymore. They're gone. And there's no secret that over the last two years, there's been a great exodus. People have moved away, many of them, it seems like, to Nashville or to Florida. And so for those of you in Nashville and Florida who moved away, hello, we miss you. But also, people have just changed churches, and there are good reasons to change churches. It's not all bad. Or some have just drifted away entirely and need to be drawn back. And then the last fourth bucket are those who are new, meaning they were not, they did not, were not here before prior to COVID, and over the last two years, they're connected. Now, some of those have come from other churches, moved into the area, and that's wonderful. But many had no church connection, no relationship with God prior to the last two years, and now they do. And that is what we're all about, seeing people experiencing grace, growing in their faith, and making an impact, being drawn in to the life that Jesus offers through the local church. So let's go to the last slide here and just ask this question one more time. 
How are we doing? As we celebrate and look back and then take stock of what we're doing now, are we healthy? Are we doing okay? Well, I think with, with, with all humility, I can tell you, based on these data points and others, yes, we're a healthy church. We are not a perfect church. There's no such thing as a perfect church. We are not a church without flaws or without challenges or areas where we need to grow and seek God's grace daily. But because of his grace, and thanks to many of you, we're doing well. We've seen God do remarkable things over the last two years. We are uniquely poised for what he has for us in the future, which we'll talk about later in this service. So once again, thank you to all of you for being a part of what God is doing here at Chapel Street Church. What a privilege it is to be part of the local church. Now more than ever, the mission of God and the gospel in the local church is needed in the world. What a great thing it is to come together to celebrate and to worship him, which we're going to do right now across all of our campuses by singing the great hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness. Well, thank you, Sanctuary Choir. Uh, I want to say I do agree with Jeff. What a privilege it is for all of us to be part of what God is doing in and through Chapel Street Church. I hope you uh, paid attention to some of the the details Jeff kind of went through quickly in that roughly 12-minute video of looking at how we're doing right now. What he said was, in the middle of a global pandemic, when for months and months uh, we, like many other organizations in our community, were shut down, and this room was empty on Sunday mornings, in the middle of a global pandemic, we were able to plant a brand new church campus and open it open an expansion to Shepherd's Heart Care Center, and give away, give away $2 million in two years to ministries around the world and around our community. Uh, That's astonishing to me. Heading into it, when Jeff first, when we first had to announce, you know, we're shutting down for a few weeks. I think he said that. We're going to be shut down for a few weeks. Um, We just wanted to, we were thinking about just surviving. How do you survive as a church? And thanks to you and what the Lord has done, we didn't just survive. Uh, We thrived uh, in so many ways. And it's good to celebrate. It's good to take time to celebrate and to pay attention to what God has done and is doing. And that's what we do here today. Uh, I want to begin with a story. That's one of my favorite stories uh, here at church. A number of years ago when uh, Chapel Street was still FBCG and South Street was our only campus, we occasionally are, would use this campus as a polling place. The community would use it. They'd set up polling booths all across the lobby. And it was one of those times when there was an election going on, and our lobby was filled with polling booths. And I came here to church, and um, my office used to be close to where the fireplace is, so I had to walk through a whole crowd of people who were not part of our church usually, but they were in here waiting their turn to vote. I had to walk through that crowd to get to my office. And as I did that, uh, a gentleman sort of stepped out in front of me, and I didn't recognize him. He looked to be you know, 60, early 70s, and he stepped in front of me and he said in kind of a stern tone, he said, hey, are you the pastor here? And I said, uh, yes, sir, I am. And he kind of nodded over his shoulder toward the sanctuary. We were standing in the lobby. He went like, what are you doing in there? And he sounded kind of upset. I said, excuse me? He said, yeah, what are you doing in there? He did it again. And I looked confused, so he said, yeah, I drive by here every Sunday morning. There's cars parked everywhere. They're on the lot, they're on the street, they're on people's yards. So I want to know, what are you doing in there, he said. <laughs> and so I said to him, uh, well, we um, do our best to 
to worship God together, and we try to teach his word, and we follow Jesus. And that made him look confused, like it never crossed his mind that's what we were doing in there. <laughs> and he said, oh, uh, I just saw all those cars, and I wondered what you were doing in there, he said. Well, I'm convinced now more than ever that there are many, many people like that guy right here in our local community. Not just around the country, but right here in our local community, right here in the Fox Valley, who have little idea what we do in here. Their view of the church or their view of faith, their understanding of the gospel or the Bible has been shaped by maybe poor experiences in the church or with the church way back somewhere in their past. And they just left, aren't interested, because that's what they think it is. Or their view has been shaped by the, the current narrative of our, of our culture, which is the church is hopelessly old-fashioned and out of touch with what's relevant today. And so they just don't know what's going on in here. So what do we do in here? What does go on in here? Well, Jeff did a great job sort of summarizing where we've been as a church the last couple of years, how we're doing now. But what does that tell us about where we're headed, where we're likely to be going? Well, our vision and purpose as a church remains the same. That is to be a family of neighborhood churches committed to transforming lives by helping people experience grace, grow in faith, and make an impact where they are. We say that often because we believe Jesus reaches people where they are, inside or outside the church, whether they're believers now or not yet believers. And we believe that we as followers of Jesus are to make an impact right where we are. Even our name, Chapel Street Church, carries this meaning that each of our homes or each of our uh, apartment buildings or each of our uh, uh, dorm rooms are to be like a chapel uh, on our street, like a chapel where we live. We believe the church is called by Jesus to have an impact not only inside our walls when we meet here for worship, when we come for teaching, when we come for fellowship, but also outside our walls when we're in our homes, in our neighborhoods, in our places of work. And we believe that the best way to be the church at this moment of time especially at this moment in our culture, is not to build a single bigger and bigger building somewhere and expect people to drive from further and further away to find us, to find worship and fellowship, but rather uh, to become a family of what we call neighborhood churches. So the people can worship with people who live near them in their neighborhood, so that students or kids can be in, in Sunday school with other people that they know from their schools. And that just makes sense. So that you can invite easily a, a friend who lives near you to join you for worship or for an event like the Egg Extravaganza yesterday or for a women's Bible study or for a men's First Friday or some other ministry program because it's easy. We're in the same community together, the same neighborhood. And here's what it means for Chapel Street as a whole. Uh, we will continue to be one church in four locations right now, our four campuses. Here at South Street, we have Kesslinger Campus out west of here. We have our Mill Creek Campus, and we have our North Aurora Campus. Uh, and this means we also will be open to the Holy Spirit leading us, leading our leadership 
to identifying potential new locations. We don't have one right now on our radar screen, but we'll be open to maybe establishing a new campus somewhere. Who knows? Somewhere in Kane County, maybe in South Elgin, maybe in uh, Sugar Grove. We're not really sure where, but we're open to that. And that means we must be committed to identifying and developing what we call next-generation leaders. Because when we prepare to open a new campus, we have to have leadership ready. A pastor, a children's director, um, a, a worship leader. And we need to be constantly ready to develop the next generation of leadership. We do this in lots of ways, and you may not be aware of all these ways right now. But we do it through our summer internship program for college students. That's called Leadership a, a leadership uh, Institute. We have six to eight summer interns who come from colleges. A lot of them are our own kids who grew up here who are seeking to find out whether God's calling them into ministry. And they serve with us for a summer. And it's a paid job. And we do it that way. We also are launching brand new year-long residencies in both children's and worship ministries to give a longer exposure to what we do uh, in a, in a one-year program to, again, find out if these young people have what it takes or are called into ministry. And then finally, we do it through our two-year pastoral residency program, and we're interviewing right now to find our next pastoral resident, like Pastor Andrew or Pastor Joseph Gavado, who you've gotten to know. And this means also that we'll continue to look for and develop ways to identify and meet the needs of our local community here like our Shepherd's Art Care Center, which has grown so dramatically over the last number of years. Or like our care groups, which are groups designed to, to help and love and care for people going through a difficult season of life. And we have a number of them here. Or maybe like our marriage ministries. Uh, we have our next couples event coming up a couple weeks after Easter, uh, April 29th and 30th. We will look for ways to try to meet needs right around us here, because that's what we're here to do. Now, what does this mean specifically for us here at South Street? That's for the church in general, but right here at South Street. What is our neighborhood? Well, I think about our South Street neighborhood in two primary ways. There's probably a few other ways to think about it, but I think about it in two primary ways. First, uh, people who are drawn to or open to what I call the language of traditional worship. And this is one of the things that make this campus unique. We're the only campus of all four South Street campuses that worships with a pipe organ, with a sanctuary choir, with classic traditional music. The only one. And I'm convinced there are many, many people right here in our community who don't know that this style of worship still exists. Maybe they experienced it earlier in their lives, and maybe that their church no longer does that, or maybe they got disconnected, and they don't really know that this is possible. They have no idea what we're doing in here. They don't know there's a place not only committed to traditional worship, but committed to doing it with excellence as well. And so what that means for us is what we do in here ought not be a secret. We need to find ways to make South Street known. And now that some of the greatest fears that uh, people have about the season of COVID are beginning to recede a bit, uh, maybe they're close to being behind us in the next few weeks and months, we can begin to promote a little bit more. We can begin to make known that traditional worship is alive and well here at Chapel Street, South Street campus. And that leads me to the second way I think about our neighborhood here at South Street, and that is our neighborhood 
is wherever your neighborhood is. Our neighborhood as a church is wherever you happen to live right now, which means we can all be ambassadors for South Street. We can all be ambassadors for the gospel in our neighborhoods, in our streets, in our places of work, in our apartment buildings. It means that you, every single one of you, and I include myself, are the best advertisement we could ever make, we could ever create for South Street. You know, we think of promotions like we need to put information up, we need to leave cards around coffee shops, we need to put posters up somewhere. Best advertisement is who we are and the people we know and where we live and how we talk about our faith and how we talk about our church. You know, the last two years of COVID have taught us as a people, I'm talking about now our, our nation, has taught us and conditioned our whole society to be fearful, right? To be fearful of other people, to be, to be distrustful of other people, uh, to distance ourselves from other people, right? And we still have that habit, even as the fears are, are lessened, we still all have been conditioned to do that. But when I stop to think about it, that's not what Jesus taught us to do. He didn't teach us to distance ourselves from people. He didn't teach us to be fearful of our neighbors. He taught us something different. And perhaps now more than ever, it's important to live out what Jesus told us to do. That is to love our neighbors. To move toward our neighbors. Uh, last week, you know, we had a few really nice days like we have today. And Lorreen and I took uh, our, like our first walk around the neighborhood. We like to walk together in the evenings uh, before or after dinner time. We hadn't done it for months because it was too cold. And we took a walk around, and it was amazing. We noticed everybody was doing the same thing. People were emerging out of their homes like they were coming out of hiding and out of caves like caterpillars out of cocoons. I guess that would be butterflies out of cocoons. But they were, everybody's coming out into the street and walking again. And I, it hit me as that, that this is happening literally and figuratively all over our community. That is, people are coming out of hiding and distancing and fear. And they're longing to connect again in some way. And if you add to that a world full of bad news, I think people are longing for some good news, too. Are looking somewhere for some good news. And there's a lot of talk today, and we all understand it, about you know, getting back to some sense of normalcy, of getting back to normal. And for us, that might mean in-person worship. More and more people are coming back to in-person worship. We hope, we hope more and more people in the bucket of those who are lesser connected or those who are gone will come back as they feel safer and able to do that. It means worshiping together in person. It means making coffee again in the lobby, which is a, a great thing. We, we can stand around and drink our coffee, and all that's good, really good. But think about how Jesus defined normal for us. What's the most important thing, he said? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. That's what normal looks like for us. And then he said, you will be my witnesses. That is, the world around you, the world around us, the people who live in our neighborhood, in my neighborhood, will know about him 
will know about his love, will know about the church from us. We are the plan. You are the plan. We're called out of the world to follow Jesus, to be the church, and then we're sent back into the world as his witnesses. That's why we say that we want everyone who's part of Chapel Street to experience grace, grow in faith, and make an impact where you are. Because we are the church. And we exist for this family. This family we call Chapel Street. Specifically, this family we call South Street. We exist for each other. To love each other. To care, to pray for each other. But we also exist for those who are not yet here. For those who don't know what we're doing in here. We exist for our community and for our neighbors. I want to close with one of my other favorite stories um, from over the years. Um, it took place a while ago, but it's even more relevant today, I think. A woman once told me that um, she was meeting some other friends from church uh, in a restaurant, local coffee shop or restaurant, having, uh, I don't know, uh, just coffee and pie or something. And they were just talking, and she happened to overhear a conversation in the booth behind them in the restaurant. She didn't know the lady sitting there, but the subject of church had come up in that conversation behind her, which is what got her attention. So you know how, you know how it is in a restaurant. You're not really trying to eavesdrop, but you, you tune into something that's happening behind you, and she overheard this conversation. And it went something like this. One lady said, well, um, we go to such and such a church, but we're kind of thinking about looking for a new church. And then another lady said, well, we used to go to church a long time ago, but we haven't for a long time. And then a third lady said, well, I don't go to church at all. But if I did, I'd go to Chapel Street Church, then called First Baptist Church of Geneva. If I, I want you to hear that. I don't go to church, but if I did... I'd go to that church, she said. And then she talked about what she had heard about the church she'd never been to before and why she recommended it. And I love that story because it tells me that that lady somewhere knew someone who was part of this church family who told her what was happening here. And then she became a witness before she even knew who Jesus was. And it tells me we can all be part of stories like that. And I want you, and I want to, myself, be part of a church that is like that. That someone who's never even been here before knows one of us. And because they know one of us, they know something about what happens in here, and they become advertisements for what God is doing at Chapel Street. Let me pray for us, and then we'll close our morning. Lord, thank you for what we celebrate today. We thank you for your goodness and faithfulness to this church over many decades, and especially in these last two strange and difficult years. Lord, we pray for those who have not been able to be with us for some time, either due to the fears of the virus or maybe have just gotten out of the habit or drifted away, that you would bring them back, draw them back. Use some of us right in this room to help that happen. We thank you for many who are new to this church family, new to South Street, and new to your family. And Lord, I thank you for this, this campus, our South Street church family. And I pray you'll lead us and empower us 
to be your witnesses right here where we are. And it's in your name that I pray. Amen.